right, welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. You know, we spent a few podcasts recently talking about Polaris new vehicle launches coming out, but today has got to be the biggest day of them all. The Pro R is out, and we've got Pat McArdle, Director of Product Planning for Razor, in the house to talk about Everything Razor today. Pat, how are you, man? Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's always a great day when you get to talk about Razor. Right, right. And and today, probably bigger than uh, any day in the last couple of years. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the last you know big product launch we had was when we came out with the Pro XP back in Model Year 20. So yeah, the, the new Razor Pro R and new Razor Turbo R launching in the same day is pretty exciting. Two machines... Similar but different, and I really want to go, you know, through each one and talk about the the features, the power, everything that because this this really is a new platform for you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, so we sunset our Razor Turbo S lineup after Model Year Twenty One. There's you know a few of them that are still trickling out as we uh, finish up the build, um, but we've got the the Turbo R that really replaces the the Turbo S, and then the Pro R is kind of a, a next level of performance above that even. So yeah, visually, right, they share a lot of similar cues, um, but when you get to the underpinnings, they're very different machines when it comes to engine, you know, driveline, clutching. Um, Suspension-wise, they're, they're fairly similar. Uh, chassis design, they kind of share between different models. Um, but when we talk about it, really what we think of is kind of power, strength, and control as the three pillars that really align to both of these models in the wide open family. When you guys make this shift and you go to a brand new platform, this isn't something that happens overnight. Yeah, I wish it did. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we've had, uh, I mean, we've had teams working now for the last, whew, I suppose, probably almost four years. Um, you know, and some of the work even happened before that. Um, so yeah, this is a long time in, in process where, you know, for, for people that kind of see these new product launches from the outside, sometimes they think, hey, a competitor did this, did this, and then, you know, six months or a year later or two years later, these guys did that. The reality is we've had the plans in the works for, you know, a number of years and had people, you know, starting early designs, building concept machines, going out, doing testing, uh, you know, tooling up our, you know, all the new parts that we have, tooling up the stuff in the manufacturing process. We've done investments at our plant to allow some of the, the new designs to even, you know, be manufacturable. So yeah, it's been a long time coming, and it's really exciting to be able to talk about. Hey, I'm I'm super excited. It's uh, maybe the the worst kept secret for for a little <laughs> while, but you know people people have heard it on the street. You know, and it's been something that's been talked about. There's been rumors. There's been yeah, you know, what's I, been happening. Yeah, I think you know, I think um, you know, the Pro R maybe is uh, one of our worst kept secrets. Unfortunately, the Turbo R, on the other hand, has actually been fairly well you know kept under wraps. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people have speculated, you know, what is the new Pro R and they actually think it's what the Turbo R is, not actually what we're delivering with the Pro R. Um, but I don't think many people actually realized that we were going to be launching, you know, two, two families of machines here, you know, both offered in two seat and four seat across three different trims. So wow. yeah, it's a ton of, you know, vehicle configurations and model news all at the same time. Now I was at the sand show, you were at the sand show recently and you know, I, it was the reason why I say that worst kept secret is that, that that was sort of the buzz there is what's going on with Polaris. When are they going to sort of maybe do something? Then the, the Turbo S was one of the more popular machines or the most popular machine that you guys ever came out with. Why the shift? Why the change? Yeah, for sure. The Turbo S has been a great machine down, you know, especially in some of those wide open places that you get, you know, down by the sand show in the Southwest. 
some of the bigger trail systems you find in the mid-Atlantic or, or down south. Um, but, you know, as we looked at that area of the uh, of, of the rec space, we were really looking, you know, how could we get a machine that was even better than what we had in the market today? Um, so this, you know, at the time we launched the Turbo S back in Model Year 18, we were already, honestly, we were already working on the Pro R at that point in time. So we knew when we launched the Turbo S that we had, you know, kind of the next thing coming to, to backfill and replace it, you know, a few years out. Wow. Yeah. It is here now. Let's start digging in, do a deep dive. Let's start with the Razor Pro R. Sure. Kind of, I don't even know where <laughs> where to begin. If it, is it the engine? Is it the overall, Pat? When you start yeah. talking about this machine. Yeah, what? so I think, you know, the way we kind of think about it, there's three big pillars that we heard from customers on what they were looking for, and those were power, strength, and control. And it's a pretty good way to, you know, walk through and talk about the machines in, in all reality. Let's start with power. Yeah, so when you start with power, it's a pretty cool story with the Pro-R. Um, first time, uh, you know, from, from the factory that we've had a stock engine uh, this big, so we've got a two-liter, four-cylinder, naturally aspirated engine making 225 horsepower. Um, so kind of classic, you know, Pro-Star pedigree. Uh, it's a dual overhead cam, four-valve per cylinder engine. Uh, it is different uh, from Slingshot in the in the viewpoint that we've got higher compression pistons in this thing. We've got different uh, cam grinds. Uh, and the bottom end is where a lot of the difference come uh, because we have a unique oiling system that's really set up for high angularity off-road riding uh, that you don't really need, you know, in the on-road application of, of a sling. So, yeah, it's a, it's a high-revving, uh, fast-revving engine. We've actually got three different throttle modes now, so the user can select between sport, rock, and race. Um, so, you know, if they flip the switch all the way down, it's kind of like a razor you're used to riding, right? So if you've been out, that's kind of the, the throttle and torque characteristic you'd expect. When you flip the switch to the middle, it gets it into the rock mode, which is going to be really nice for slow speed, more technical riding, which is why we put that, that switch position in the middle. And then when you flip it all the way up to race, it's going to be the most uh, aggressive tip in. So as you're pushing on that pedal, the machine, you know, wants to get up and go. So it, it's, it's the one that will set you back in your seat and put a smile on your face for sure. I can't gloss over this engine because this is something the industry has never seen before. Yeah, correct. We're the first ones to uh, put an engine with this many cylinders this big straight from the factory. So Wow. Wow. I mean, that's just it, – it, it's going to be – I feel like it's going to be game-changing, Pat. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, to see, uh, you know, what people do as they get these machines in their hands and, and get to start riding and really, you know, put a big smile on their face. And, you know, I'm sure that uh, over time things will, you know, of course, uh, continue to improve. But, you know, for the time being, this is going to be uh, industry leading power for sure. And the power delivery with the naturally aspirated engine is instant. So there's no turbo lag like you see on some of the other things out in the marketplace uh, where you got to wait for that tur turbo to spool up. It's it's instant with the with the Pro-R. <laughs> You've spent some time in the seat, I imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, these things are – it's just a ear-to-ear -ear grin every time you go out and ride. Yeah, I mean, the power delivery is fantastic. Um, you know, it's very controllable, which is always really nice. It's not – you know, it's basically as you're pushing in the pedal, it's, it's demanding torque from the engine. So it's a very – intuitive uh driver's posture in that regard um you know the suspension capability is like nothing we've ever had in the market before um you know we've got 29 inches of uh usable travel now in the back uh, about 27 in the front so you know if you think about that for you know a guy my height or yours you know when you jack this machine up and and the, you know when the tire just starts to leave the ground the bottom of the skid plate is like mid-thigh 
you know, so just to kind of put a visual on how much travel that is from the bottom of the skid plate to the bottom of the tire. Um, so we've got the ability to have some really cool features when you think about uh, how the suspension actually works on this rig. It, it's it's to have 225 horsepower. I think there's going to be some numbers out there that people are going to really key on. That's going to got to be one of them. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be one of them. Um, you know, obviously, you know, as we look at, you know, increasing power, uh, we also look at what we have to do to the rest of the driveline and, and chassis and suspension to, to build the strength and make this machine durable. So, you know, as we go out from the engine, we've got a whole new set of clutches uh, and belt. Um, so we've got actually a longer center distance, which allowed us to grow the clutches and, and get bigger diameter, primary and secondary. So we get really good slow speed control, but we can still get, you know, a very fast uh, top end speed. So a two seater will run out to 90 miles an hour. The four seater will go to 85. So these are the fastest razors we've ever, ever produced. Um, you know, as you go back from Say there. Say that again. Yeah. <laughs> a two-seater will go 90 miles an hour. Steady state, yeah. Stay, it, stay it, steady. Wow. Yep. So it'll actually creep up over that, slightly overshoot, and then settle back to that speed. Yeah. That's insane. I remember. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, granted, you got to be in the right terrain to be able to do that. Yeah, right. Right. You got to have, you know, a trail that's got some room to, you know, stretch out, but that's you know, kind of part of why we call these wide open vehicles, right? Because you're not going to do that in the tight woods here in Minnesota. Um, frankly, the pro R doesn't fit our state classification for many of the trails that exist here. <laughs> but for those out West, maybe yeah. in the South, other places. Absolutely. Do. Yeah. There's a ton of areas that have a lot of wide open spaces, uh, you know, across the country and across the world. So why did Polaris feel they needed to go with, uh, an engine this large and a speed of this magnitude? Um, you know, so as we, as we looked, you know, we continually get asked from our, from our, our customers, like, you know, how can we, how can we get more powerful engines? How can we go faster? Um, so we really scaled up, you know, some of the cylinder sizing and bore spacing that we've had in some of our two cylinder engines over time, uh, and, and jumped up, you know, over that liter of displacement and, you know, went right up to two liters. Um, and it allowed us to, you know, do some sharing across the portfolio products, right? So although this engine is different than what's in a slingshot, there's a lot of similarity uh, in things like the raw block casting and head and, and bed blade. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So you've got the, the power aspect of it, mm -hmm. and then you've got the strength. Yeah, so strength is a really sweet area when you look at uh, Pro-R. Uh, and obviously, it's, it's hard to tell people that as we're just talking on a podcast <laughs> here. Um, but I'd encourage people to head out to the website. You know, there's a, a lot of good info, information out there. But when you look at things, you know, once you add power to a vehicle, right, you also have to add strength to be able to handle that power. So, right, we talked about upgraded belts and clutches. Uh, we've upgraded the transmission. There's actually a separate rear drive that we've upgraded. Uh, all the shafts, prop shafts, drive shaft, half shafts are all upgraded. Um, you know, the chassis itself is now a one-piece chassis, so there's no bolted joint anymore. Uh, for the first time ever, we've got a one-piece cage straight from the factory. So the roll cage is actually fully welded and then bolted down to the chassis. I was reading about that yesterday, and I was like, man, they don't, you know, talking about a, a cage is not usually something that, that people spend <laughs> any time talking about that, but you guys are making a point of that. We are, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, we wanted to make it so that people wouldn't have a you know, a need to replace the, the factory roll cage on the Pro-R. So this thing actually leaves our factory with the cage assembled onto it and ships the dealers that way, which is not how most of our units go out to the dealers. You know, typically the cage is nested down in the vehicle. Then when the dealer gets it, they have to, to install the, the cage uh, in multiple pieces so that it can, you know, be, be fit into the vehicle for shipping. 
Um, so yeah, so the Pro-R is, you know, one piece cage, both on the two seater and the four seater. Uh, we've got some unique joints actually now in the back where uh, we've got kind of a, a taper fit. So if you think about what uh, like a drive clutch in an engine crankshaft interface looks like, uh, the back roll cage interface to the frame is actually very similar to that with a bolt going through to kind of lock everything together. So it helps eliminate some of the squeaks and, and noises that we've heard complaints about in the past. Why was that so important? I Maybe you just answered my question. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was so, like, I got a question. Man, man I just answered oh, it. Oh, yeah. dang it. <laughs> yeah, so if, if you think about it, um, you know, when we, when we wanted to design a cage that would live the life of the vehicle and that people wouldn't be taken off to swap out with aftermarket stuff, um, you know, that was one of the things that, that we thought about was how do we make this strong? How do we make it, um, you know, meet the, the desires of what they're asking for and look good at the same time. So, you know, we've got big two inch tubing, you know, gusseted where it needs to be, um, you know, made out of high strength alloys. So it's well suited for a cage application. Um, and you know, it looks good. Like it's a newly styled cage strictly for the pro R. So the two seat and four seat are our new cages for us. That's awesome. That's awesome. You've mentioned the slingshot a few times, like sort of the jumping off point for this machine a little bit or no, uh, really it was just, uh, as we started looking at, you know, doing, doing a bigger engine with bigger power years ago, we actually worked hand in hand with our, our powertrain design team that does engines for us, the calibration guys and the slingshot team so that we could take some of the requirements and some of the razor requirements and, and make a common engine platform. Very nice. Very nice. So that's the, you've got the power, you've got the strength that we've talked about, and then there's the last component. Yeah. And on strength, there's actually like probably 50 other things that we could talk about. <laughs> um, because right. visually. Someone was telling me before, Pat, I didn't mean to interrupt. Someone was telling me before, if you ever want to talk to anybody and find out all the little details and nuggets of actually <laughs> the, the, the things that you may not know anything about the razor, track down Pat because he knows the ins and outs of this machine better than anybody and there's no way we can cover them all today but no, you no. know the, the, but you yeah. know those, those, what are some of the the sort of the within what you were just saying the sort of the sort of new new secrets or new sort of uh, hidden gems that you'll find within this hidden gems yeah so i think well maybe let's wrap on on strength yeah. and then get to control quick and then bounce back to that one so I think other things visually that people will pick up on really quick on the strength side are just the, just how beefy the suspension is on, on these new models. Um, we've got, you know, fully boxed and welded control arms up front. We've got new trailing arms in the back. Uh, we've got three-piece stabilizer bars. You know, we've got shocks that are mounting to the lower control arm up front, straddling the half shaft. So visually, you can actually see just how big and capable those parts are. Um, and when you park it next to somebody else's machine, like it's pretty obvious right away, right. Um, you know, what you've got. Talk about the shocks being mounted to that A-arm because I don't think there's anything like that out there in the industry right now specifically. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't, I don't know everything, but uh, yeah, there that's, are, so that's there definitely are, different. Yeah, there are other vehicles that exist that have mounted uh, shocks to lower control arms. Um, probably the difference here is that we've centered it so that, you know, we can have a double shear joint and it's, it's right on the center of the arm. The beauty of doing that is that basically whatever arm the shock is mounted to is the one that you need to be strong to handle all the suspension loads and, and as those wheels are going up and down. So by mounting to the lower arm, number one, it causes us to put the, the strength in the lower arm, which is what people tend to hit trail debris with. So think a rock, a root, a stump, something like that. Um, but it also allows us to drop the top of the shock down so we get better sight lines over the hood so that you're not, you know, looking at a shock poking up out of the hood to get the motion ratio you need out of that, out of that 
shock stroke. Yeah, let's see. Uh, reading here, the MaxLink suspension system. Right. You know? So the MaxLink really talks, you know, really refers to two things. So one, it's that front shock mounted to that lower arm. But then in the rear, we've also added a tow link that runs through the trailing arm uh, to help control basically the, the toe of the rear wheels as they go through travel. So it helps eliminate bump steer. So it keeps the wheels tracking straight instead of, you know, kind of pointing the toe in and out as the wheels go up and down through travel. As much as I've spent time with you guys over the years, suspension has always been a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, riding and handling at Polaris is kind of a hallmark of what we do. Um, and if you look, we actually have two different shock packages depending on the trim you get. Um, so if you get a Sporter Premium, you're going to get a set of Walker Evans Velocity Series shocks, uh, two and a half inch bodies up front, threes in the back. If you step up to the Ultimate, you're actually going to get uh, our new uh, Dynamics DV system with a set of Fox Live Valve uh, shocks that have actually independent uh, compression and rebound control now for the first time ever. So we have, you know, some competitors have had coupled now where they have compression and rebound, but as they, you know, move one up or down, the other one has to move as well. Uh, we can actually control those completely independently now. So we've actually changed our dynamic system now to go from kind of, I'll say, three modes of, you know, it used to be comfort, sport, and firm. Yep. Uh, now comfort is still the softest studying with the most freest flowing shocks, if you will. From there, we go up to track, which think of that as like if you're in, you know, kind of light bump or higher speed, more flattish type terrain. So think short course or, you know, gravelish type trail where it's not big bumps. Um, after that, we get up to rock next, which is really for slow speed technical riding. Um, and there's some cool things that we do in that mode that we can talk about. And then the top one is Baja. And, and think of that as like I'm going through, you know, nasty big whoops and I want to make the front end light and just dance across the top of those. And the cool thing is with this independent compression and rebound, we can actually let the shocks, you know, float through travel or stiffen them up. Uh, in the rock mode that I mentioned, we actually do some cool stuff where we try to lean the machine into the hill. So when you're going up, the front end will actually kind of lean down into it um, versus keeping the same, you know, ride height across the whole unit by playing with compression and rebound. Uh, we do dynamic pitch control now. So when you're in Baja and those big bumps, we can actually float the front end um, so you can maintain better control. And we can drop the rebound out as you're going to keep the wheels planted on the ground better so you're not skipping. You're, you're really letting the wheel track through that terrain. And these are all done with just a switch of a button? Yeah, right on the, <laughs> right on the steering wheel. You don't even have to take your right hand off the wheel to, to, to do those things. Um, the other cool thing that we do now, too, is we've actually developed a, a brand new power steering system for this rig. And when you adjust the suspension, it also adjusts the uh, steering assist on the power steering as well. So like in comfort mode, you're going to get the highest assist and it's kind of going to be the easiest to steer, right? So when you're just cruising around or coming home after a day on the trail, you, you've got that nice light steering, you know, easy effort. Um, but when you bump up to track, for instance, we're going to actually reduce the amount of assist a little bit so you get a little more front-end feedback so that you can really feel what the front end of that unit is doing better. Um, so we actually tailor it to each of the modes in that regard. Pat, I'm just sitting here thinking about you know, being involved with Polaris for 13 years now and where we started and where we're at right now. And it's just mind blowing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it turns out if you park a, you know, an original Razor 800 next to a new Razor Pro R, um, they obviously look starkly different. Uh, the ergonomics are dramatically different. Um, your ability to, you know, maintain comfort at speed is very different. But they're, they're really set up for diff doing different things. You know what I mean? Like we still build a 50-inch wide razor trail that's great for cutting through tight trails like we have here in Minnesota. 
Um, you know, when you get up to a vehicle like a Pro R that's made for wide open terrains, um, you know, you want something that's, you know, a little bit wider, a little bit longer wheelbase, it's got more travel, it's got more power, you know, so you can handle the, you know, the, the environments that exist. What are, when you guys sit down to design and develop these new vehicles, you know, you start with those three pillars that you're sort of mentioning a few times, but you know, how do you break all those down? Because man, you just ran through a whole bunch of whole stuff. Bunch of stuff. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, wow, that's just <laughs> like, how do you get to this one, to that one? So it's like, whew. Yeah. So, I mean, when we start out, right, you know, we we're, we're constantly out talking to people, right? Whether that's, you know, folks like yourself, they're kind of in industry or people that are out riding and using our product. Um, you know, for the people listening to this, when you see Polaris at an event, like we don't just send random people out there. We actually take people that work on this stuff so they can go talk and ride with people. Um, so we start out trying to, you know, capture what it is, I'll say in normal people speak, that, that people are looking for, right? And then we, we document that in a pretty high level, you know, brief on here's what we want this next generation or next, you know, version of thing to do. Uh, and then we start working with our, our technical team to break that down into like hard engineering terms, right? So, you know, when you can put a number to what does more power mean? In this case, you know, 225 horsepower, right? Okay, well, to develop 225 horsepower, what do we need to do? Well, we need to develop an engine, you know, with these specs and these different things. Um, so we start with a really, you know, I'll say a, a consumer-centric way of talking about it. And then we boil that down into very technical engineering speak so that as the teams are picking up the work, they know, okay, these are the, these are the targets that I have to go meet. And if I meet those, we're going to achieve what we're going after. Wow. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. So we've covered on two of the pillars. You get the power and the strength. And then the last one. Control. Control. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, we've touched on some of the points here, right? When we've talked about the rear toe link, we talked about suspension, we talked about steering. Um, so the other thing that we think about on control is just how comfortable are you when you're inside this vehicle, right? Um, so we've, we've been able to leverage a lot of the, the interior bits that we launched with Pro XP a couple years ago, right? So you've got the fully bolstered bucket seats with, you know, more leg room sliding back and forth, more width and the ability to tilt. Uh, we've got the tilt and telescoping steering. We've got the built-in multi-point harnesses, you know, either four-point or six-point, depending on the trim you get. Um, and a lot of those things just make people feel more secure in their vehicle so that as they're going out, they've got the confidence to, you know, ride the way they want to ride. Um, and the capability of these pro R's is just amazing. I mean, you know, the first time you go over some rough terrain, like, and it, it, you're so comfortable doing it that you, like you, you want to go back and do it again. And maybe on your older machine, you will, you would have gone through that same spot and, you know, felt a little beat up, right? Because it just wasn't nearly as capable as what we're able to deliver now. So often you guys mention ergonomics and you talk about the horsepower and, you know, the stability and, and things like that. But if you aren't comfortable, correct, what does it matter, right? Yeah, you correct. Know I mean? So, yeah, so yeah. As, as you look, I mean, we actually have designed, you know, this, this family of machines around the driver. So before we ever built, you know, I'll say a, a Pro R or a Turbo R or even a Pro XP, we actually built seating bucks so that we could figure out, you know, what was the optimal reach zones, how could people interface with, you know, the shift lever, the steering wheel, their switches, the dash, that type of thing. Um, so we've done simple things like the dead pedal and the throttle pedal are in plane, right? Whereas on some of our older models, you know, your, your left leg was kind of closer to you and your right one was more stretched out. Well, in a, in a short ride for 30 minutes, you're not going to notice that too much. But when you're out riding all day, you know, you were talking earlier, you were out riding for six, eight hours in a day. 
you know, having your hips be square to your body, like is a big deal. And at the end of the day, then you have actually got energy to go, you know, socialize and recreate and tell stories about how the day went with everybody when you get back to the Instead of the going campfire. to get a uh, hip replacement. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. That's awesome. That's awesome. And th the technology, because we were touching on it as well, the technology is sort of off the charts right now. It is. I mean, it's just, there's just so much literally at your fingertips. Yeah, correct. I mean, if you look at what we build in, especially when you get up to the ultimate trims, you know, we talked a little about Dynamics DV. Um, so you got the suspension modes and steering that are coupled. Uh, we talked about the throttle modes that are the flip of a switch on the dash. Well, the left-hand side of the steering wheel is all about ride command. So we've got, you know, that beautiful 7-inch display, built-in mapping and navigation so you can find your way around. And, and over time, we've actually continued to make that system better for people that have owned it. So we've added on things like uh, our group ride functionality where, you know, if all the people in this room are in separate machines, we can literally connect our machines together so that I can see where you're at on the map. And instead of following right on your tail so I can see your, your taillights all the time, like I can let you go for a mile ahead, let the dust clear, and then I've got the fresh air too, just like you do up front. We had the Ride Command guys on a, a, a few months ago yep. and uh, talking exactly about that. And that group ride is the favorite by everybody. It is. And, and we've continued to make it better now. So we actually allow you to like send short messages back and forth, right? So, you know, let's say I'm the guy in the back of the pack and we got six razors with us, right? And, you know, somebody, you know, cut a tire, right? And they got a flat. So they got to pull over and change it. Well, the guy that's eight miles ahead of them, you know, might not know. Well, the cool thing about this way, the way this tech works is as long as the next vehicle is within your range, like that message will hit them and then piggyback to the next one, you know, in front or behind them. So although, you know, your range line of sight to the next guy may only be, you know, a couple miles, depending on where you are, you might get a few miles. You can actually stretch that to a group very, very long, as long as each, each razor is within that, wow. that range. Wow. Um, but the nice thing is on these messages, it's almost like sending a text on your phone, right? So it'll pop up on their screen and be like, you know, Hey, turn around. I need help. Or, you know, cause sometimes, right. The guy that has the, you know, spare tire or the tools is in a different machine, you know, and you're the guy carrying the cooler with, you know, waters and Gatorades around. For sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. Damn, that is, I just, I, I love how everything is just right at your fingertips. You yep. know, there's just, there's no sort of getting out of the vehicle and adjusting and changing and switching and all that kind of stuff. You guys have made it, you know, so easy almost in a way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, if you look, a lot of people don't even realize that, that, that Polaris star button on the steering wheel, you can actually set that to do, you know, a number of different things. So like, if you go through See, your these ride, are the Easter eggs I'm yeah. talking about. That <laughs> only Pat <laughs> will yeah, let people so, know. Yeah, if you go into your uh, ride command display, though, you can actually uh, set it up for a short press and a long hold. So a lot of times I'll do my short press as like, you know, flipping screens. So if I want to go between my dynamics display, my gauges, and my map, I can cycle through. Uh, and if I want to drop a waypoint, like I'll set it up to hold that down. So if I went by something cool that I want to come be able to, you know, find later, it auto drops that waypoint as I'm riding so I don't have to stop and enter in a bunch of I'm info. I'm bringing my machine to your house. <laughs> We're going to hang out for a while and you're going to yeah. show me everything. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, get your uh, phone paired up and get ride command logged in. Right. and right. Yeah, that way you can, you know, you can build your trail right on your laptop and then, you know, sync it up. And as long as your phone pulls it down into your vehicle, it'll show right up on your machine. And of course, so. my vehicle is a Rockford Fosgate system in it, and this these do too. Yeah, so we 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 partnered with Rockford a few years back, and it's been a really good relationship, you know, for both companies. Um, we have, you know, obviously improved the audio quality over time, um, but yeah, I mean, 
and it's not for everybody. You know, some people don't necessarily love listening to music while they ride, and that's that's fine too. Um, but for those that do, you know, we we've got enough audio performance now that you know, with a helmet on, you know, going 50, 60 miles an hour, if you get your your volume turned up, you can listen to your song and it is totally s- true. Sing right yep. along to it. A, you know, when we rode a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, we're all cruising around. Everyone's got their helmets on, and, and I've got the music. You know, and all I hear is turn it up louder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the other cool things that we've done, uh, you know, on some of the latest generations of Razor, including the, the Pro R and Turbo R, is we've actually gone to a four position key switch now. So we've actually got, you know, off accessory run and start. And the reason for that is that a lot of times people are listening to music when they ride, and when you stop for, you know, a sandwich or water or whatever on the trail, you're, 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 not, you're not necessarily there for hours at a time, but, you know, 10, 15 minutes or whatever goes by. And if you just click that key back to the accessory position, it'll actually keep the radio playing. It'll it'll power down most of the electronics, but kind of keep the ones on you need. So you get your display. You actually get some positional marker lights on your accent lights, so you can see the unit at night. You know, if you're parked on the side of a trail or you know up on the top of a dune or something like that. So it's a lot of the things we've heard from people, right? Of like, hey, I want to be able to park my machine at the top of Olds, but I want people to see it, but I don't want everything on, so I drain the battery so fast. I was just going to say, it sounds like a lot of the things you're talking about are directly sort of feedback from consumers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we, we try to talk to people and listen to the feedback all the time. I mean, our, our goal is to make machines people want, right? So what better way than to talk to them and find out the problems they have that we can go solve? Absolutely. Now, you, you've mentioned it a few times, and I don't want to, to gloss over this as well. The vehicles that are coming out, you have options. It's not just like, hey, here, here's red, yeah. and that's all we got. Yeah, <laughs> you for know, sure. We have different trim options for we do. the different. Yeah, we do, absolutely. So we have three trims available uh, in both the uh, Pro R and Turbo R. So we've got a Sport, a Premium, and an Ultimate. Um, if you were lucky enough to get an order in uh, immediately on a Pro R, uh, we actually do have a couple launch edition models that come in unique color and graphics um, that – you know, will be some of the first models we build and ship for people. So the guys that want to get them right away, those are the ones to go for, for sure. Um, and then we also do offer, you know, two-seat and four-seat across all three trims um, in both the, the Razor Pro R and the Razor Turbo R. So you're talking about six, eight options, potentially. In your yeah, head. and then, you know, on the Ultimates, uh, we actually have a couple different color combinations on each. So, yeah, there is a lot of – there's a lot of difference and and uh, items, you know, that you can see – and, you know, if you have access to the brochure or go online, you can actually see the difference between each of those trims. Um, but if you think from a, you know, kind of that power strength and control landscape, um, the power plants are identical uh, across all trims. Um, uh, they're obviously different between the Pro R and the Turbo R. Uh, the Turbo R runs our 181 horse two cylinder turbo engine, where the Pro R has got the, you know, naturally aspirated 225 horse Pro Star Fury four cylinder. Um, from a suspension and capability perspective, uh, the travel and ground clearance are the same across all trims. Um, the rear travel is slightly different. So we've got 29 inches of usable travel on the Pro R. The uh, Turbo R gets 28 inches of usable travel because it's got a slightly shorter uh, wheelbase and trailing arm setup. Um, as you go, you know, kind of up in trims, uh, you're going to move from things like four-point harnesses to six-point harnesses. Uh, we're going to attack, you know, go from tilt-only steering to tilt and telescoping steering. Uh, we're going to add on, you know, ride command, audio, and then when you get all the way up to the ultimate trim, that's where we're going to get that Dynamics DV as well. And we've got, you know, different color combinations available on each trim, so visually it's really quick to know, you know, what did I, what did I get, what did my buddies get, 
you know, when you see that color, you're going to know, hey, that's the ultimate, or hey, that guy got the launch edition, or hey, that dude's rocking the sport. Yep. It's a, it's a lot to, to, uh, to choose from and a lot to take in. How, do, how does somebody sort of you know, make that right decision for them? I mean, I know mean, it's a big question, but, you know. It like, is. What, you know, this what, is, yeah. Which this is something one do that... I go with, when, especially when it's all brand new, right? And you're like, oh, man, yeah. I'm just going to stare at this for a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, a lot of times when people ask us, like, what razor should I buy, right? It, it's not, a, it, we don't directly answer. We start asking questions back, Right. Where do you ride? How much experience do you have in the off-road? Is this the first machine you've ever had? Um, you know, do you know how many people you're going to take with you, right? So there's some of these qualifying questions that are really going to help people understand, like, you know, hey, I'm the guy that's owned three razors already. You know, I'm coming out of a Turbo S. I want the biggest, baddest thing out there. All right, dude, the Pro R is probably for you, right? Um, but you may get some people that are like, you know, hey, I'm not really sure how many people I'm going to take with me. You know, it's, it's, you know, my spouse and I that go out together a lot. Sometimes we want to take friends with, okay, you, you probably want a four-seater, right? So you can introduce some friends. They might go for a ride with you and then get their own. Um, and the nice thing is the back seats on, on all these models that we're talking about are spacious enough for a full-size adult to fit in comfortably. And with the travel and suspension that we've got on these, they actually are really nice and enjoyable to ride even all day long, you know, for a guy my size or yours that are, you know, six feet or, or, or taller. Thanks for giving me a couple extra. Hey, uh, yeah. I, I, I figured nobody can see you uh, on the yeah, right? podcast. Right. I was, yes. I was trying to be generous. Six two, Pat. So six thank two. You. Yeah, oh, well, I'm six one yeah. in reality. So <laughs> now we've you've talked a lot about the, the Pro R and said early on when we started talking that, that yeah maybe people knew about the Pro R, but the Turbo R, no. That, well, yeah. So you know, I'll say most of the, you know, the, the images that have gotten leaked over time have been pro R's. Um, and there's some similarities between them, but there are some, some very big differences. Um, so when you think of similarities, like the cockpit, kind of the middle third of the vehicle is basically identical between a pro R and a turbo R. So, you know, seats, ergonomics, steering, like anything you touch interface with on the inside, that's basically all the same. Uh, when you get to the front third of the machine, so you kind of think chassis front suspension, that's very, very similar actually between the two. We actually grafted the, the front clip from the uh, Pro R into the Turbo R. So you get basically the same suspension characteristics and setup on the front end, same relative uh, sizing of components. Um, biggest difference you'll see visually on the front is that the Pro R actually has a taller hood because we have dual path clutch in intakes. So we're flowing air from one of the rear inlets and up from the hood on the Pro R, where the Turbo R just has the uh, inlet in the back. So visually, you'll see that right away. Um, they do share a front fascia and grill and headlight assemblies, um, although the cooling systems are a little different because the Turbo has got an intercooler uh, core up front, whereas the uh, the Pro R just has the the stock you know one radiator for cooling the engine. Um, the rims are the other one that you may notice a difference on. So all Turbo R's get kind of a, a rally-inspired five-spoke rim. And when you jump up to the Pro R, the sport trim gets that rim, but the upper trims get a, a more intricate, we call it kind of a snowflake pattern rim uh, that's color matched to the, uh, the vehicle as well. So that may be painted, you know, 
a, a variant of a gray or on some of those launch editions, you know, you got, you know, lime squeezer or orange that are very, very bold colors on those. I just want to point out quickly to anyone who's, who's listening, Pat has no notes in front of him. <laughs> These are all in his brain. <laughs> I'm staring at a screen that's got the brochure and the notes and stuff like that. And this is all just like up there, man. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you were nice enough to tell me no retakes. So we're doing it all, all real time on the fly. Here. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And I, it's, it's, it's so much. I'm just like, you know, and I know you guys spend years doing this and maybe after a while it's just sort of embedded in your brain, but uh, and you've been doing it. I mean, how long have you been on the Razor team now? Oh, man. Well, I, I started at Polaris back in 2004, but Razors didn't exist when I first started. So, yeah, I worked on ATVs way back in the day. Um, I bounced around a few jobs over the years, but I've been, well, so I, I, I'll say I've been on and off because I, I did a, a role similar to what I have now for a few years. Um, and that probably, when did that start? Probably around 2012, I suppose. Um, and I was in that role for a while and then the engineering team needed some help a few years back. So I, I jumped back and, uh, into a role with the, uh, off-road electrical team for, for a couple of years and then came back into product planning about, oh, I suppose three, three, four years ago now, something like that. One of the cool th things is the first time I met Pat was, had nothing to do with, uh, razors or, or off-road. It was, it was, <laughs> they had, they, their R&D facility in Wyoming, Minnesota, it used to be just one building and an empty field and they used that empty field on Wednesdays uh, during the week to do snowmobile races. But these weren't just like new snowmobiles. No. No, 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 Pat. No. You guys rolled out some, was it like, couldn't be newer than 85 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. They were old uh, old vintage leaf springers. So, yeah, most of those sleds were like mid to late 70s to early 80s at, at the uh, onslaught. And you guys would spend your lunch uh, racing. Yeah, you know, 15, 20 of you guys or something yeah, like that. that yeah, uh, we'd, we'd set up a course, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun because the nice part was the guys that raced, you know, it was a good excuse to get our sleds tuned up, and uh, and and that way we were ready to go riding on the weekend if we wanted to. No and, modifications, a lot of duct tape going <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, these were not necessarily high-buck uh, race sleds for sure, but they were they were a ton of fun. Oh, man. Um, it, was just, it was great because you'd sit in the lunchroom, which had this big glass window. Big glass, yeah, so everybody could watch and stay warm from the inside right yep. right right yep, and absolutely. then uh and you, it was it was a fun story to do we did it for our local show minnesota bound and then you guys went and wrecked it by building an identical building next we, to we it. did <laughs> yeah we added on to the building so we we typically do still uh, try to do one event up there a year uh it's kind of a kickoff to the snow season uh, we often still do a uh, vintage grass drag um, out on the other side of the property now where we've got a, a longer straightaway and, and a flatter section of, you know, grass to run on. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it just kind of goes to the culture of Polaris. That's what you know, and, yeah. and, you, and you look at a lot of the guys that, you know, it's not just that we work on this stuff as our daytime job, but, right, we get home on the nights and weekends and, like, we're out riding with our friends and family. We're out wrenching on stuff. Like that's kind of part of the culture. I mean, when, when I go out to events, if people that actually know me show up and we've got, you know, we're doing maybe demos or ride, or we've got machines to ride, like oftentimes I'll wind down the day, you know, talking to people and then I'll hook up with a group of people that I met that day or, you know, known from the past and we'll go out riding, riding at night to go check out the local trails. Well, we were just talking before we even started the podcast and I said, oh, I just been riding last weekend in the, up in Emily and you're like, oh, do you ride the new trail system? And I was like, how does he know about this? It's yeah. brand new. <laughs> yeah, it just opened this year. It's, yeah. yeah, I haven't I haven't had a chance to get on the new section yet, but I've ridden the the Emily Outing trails a few times over the years. It's yeah, fun, it, you know. It's not too far from home. It's only a few hour drive away, and 
really good, really good club up there that does a great job maintaining, you know, and that's a big part of this sport as well. You know, if you look at all the people that get to enjoy off-road recreation, you know, a lot of us will, will do something, either join a local club or an organization that, you know, can help spread the good news and, and give back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm, I'm, I'm telling these stories to make people go like, well, when can I get this machine? That's what I'm waiting for. When is Pat going to tell me <laughs> if I, if I jump online and I order a new, when can it will actually show up? So that's sort of the, uh, yeah. So that's probably a pretty good loaded question, right? right? Because, well, uh, yeah, today's uh, time, but you guys yeah, have a kind yeah. of a plan. We do. Uh, you know, so as we're communicating the, um, the, the new Razor Pro R models, uh, we'll, we'll say we'll, really start arriving in dealerships in earnest uh, come January. We'll, we'll probably have a few that trickle out at the end of this year. Uh, and then the, the Turbo R's will start shipping uh, toward the end of Q1. So kind of in that late March uh, 2022 timeframe, kind of March, April is when you'll maybe start to see them. Uh, but I will say, you know, in the current uh, high demand environment, they're likely to be, you know, in pretty short supply. So I wouldn't expect to just walk into a dealer and like have one on the floor you can buy today. Uh, really what we're going to encourage people to do is go to your dealer, get a pre-order in uh, so the dealer knows, you know, what to order on your behalf, basically. And that'll help prioritize the shipments to the to the dealers that get them. So they'll get, you know, somewhat of an allocation with an ability to tell you, hey, I've got five coming in the next month. You know, I can get you one of those and, and away you go. Uh, one question I, I, I want to ask is I understand that the, the Turbo R. I'm sorry, the, the, the Pro R. And then you guys did the Turbo R. Why two? Why two? Yeah. Yeah. So really, um, there was, there's a couple, you know, things that as we looked around the, the country and the world, um, that a Pro R, you know, is a, a very high performing machine. You know, it's, it's, both of them are 74 inches wide. Um, but the wheelbase on a Pro R is 104 and a half inches on a two seater. So it's longer than any razor we've ever built. Uh, and in some of the areas that you find like down in the mid Atlantic or the, or the Southeast where you've got wider trail systems that arguably were built with kind of Jeep with vehicles, you know, years ago, um, they want the width of the machine, but they don't necessarily want the length or, or the higher price point that comes with the, the top level of, of power and performance. So as we look at it, you know, the Turbo R offers a great value for somebody that wants a little bit shorter wheelbase. So it's a 96 inch wheelbase. So, you know, it's eight and a half inches different between the two. Uh, which means you're going to be able to get through areas that are a little tighter, you know, a little, you know, sharper steering angle, cut angle, that type of thing. Um, and it doesn't necessarily cost quite as much to buy uh, a Turbo R as it does a Pro R. And, but for a lot of those people that, you know, they don't necessarily need to go or the, their trails don't allow them to go at the top speed of a machine, you know, 181 horsepower out of a two-cylinder turbo is still plenty of jam, you know, to get around and have some fun. And more than plenty. <laughs> oh, more, yeah, for sure. <laughs> now that we've arrived at this point, Pat, and you said you guys been in the works on this for years. Yep. What's that like for you? How do you, how do you feel when you finally sort of get to talk to the consumers about it? Oh, I've been telling you guys for years, this is what we want. And now you're like, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. The, the tough part actually is, uh, you know, just trying to remember all the different things to even talk about. Right. Um, and the cool part about it for me, right. Is that, you know, I get to come talk to guys like you or, you know, other, other press folks and, and go to events and go to dealerships and, you know, really help spread the word on like, here's all the cool new stuff we've got. Um, and yeah, I actually get to talk about it with friends and family, right? That, you know, it's, it's kind of odd, right? I, I work on all this new stuff. Um, but my wife doesn't even know, you know, what I'm really up to other than I work on razors most of the time. 
uh, you know, until we get to shore, hey, here's the cool new launch video or here's this, you know, new website or new brochure or whatever. Um, so it gets to be fun in that regard, you know, from a personal side, um, because you can, you know, get to reconnect with a lot of, uh, friends and family. And, you know, there's a lot of industry people that you end up running into, you know, over time, like, you know, we mentioned we were out at the sand show, you know, a few weeks back and, you know, I tried to make a lap and get back to the Polaris booth. And I think it took me like three hours just to make it back because I ran into so many people, you know, that I, I know from various companies and places over time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We do this thing at uh, home at my dinner table. We, we, uh, to get our kids to talk. Um, we do the high of the day, the low of the day, and what'd you learn of the day? I would imagine what you learn never gets talked by you <laughs> at home. <laughs> if you did that, You're like, Oh, here's my high. My, and, and Pam, what did you learn today? Nothing really. <laughs> I mean, really nothing. <laughs> no, no. I'll tell you, every every day you learn something new is a great day in my world. Right. So, uh, and and if you ever, uh, you know, obviously we've met many times, but for those of you listening in, uh, I tend to be in a really good mood all the time, uh, no matter what the day is going like. Yep, yep. Um, and it's because I get to learn new stuff all the time. Yeah. And I work with a great group of people. You know, there's a there's a an army of folks at Polaris that are really doing the you know, the design and hard lifting. And we've got a great team at the, the, in the operation side that's working on getting these things down the line and, and out the door. Um, you know, the logistics guys are busting their tail right now to get parts in and get machines out. So it's a, it, it takes, you know, it takes a whole team, you know, people don't usually realize just how many different people are involved in, in touching a new product like a razor, but. How fun is it, Pat, for you to sort of, uh, set the bar versus chase well, that's the place we, we want to be all the time, right? Um, and it, it turns out that, uh, you know, in in Razor, we, we make a product that's really fun for people. And uh, generally, if you've got the, you know, the, the best version out there, uh, you're going to get people to come over to your brand. So that's that's our goal, right, is get people riding Razor and get them out talking to their friends and family and growing the sport and, you know, continuing to be a, a lifetime razor owner, you know, not just buying today, but, you know, hopefully coming back and buying another one the next time they're ready. This, uh, we're, we're, uh, Christmas is right around the corner. This is a pretty cool Christmas present to, uh, be, be discussing or, or gift to the industry here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you going to get me one, Jared? Uh, well, or what do, you, what do I, you mean? You know, I'd be going to you first. Oh yeah. <laughs> I figure you got the, you know, everyone comes to you and say, Pat, what kind of deal can you, uh, get me on? Uh, it turns out, uh, I can't get you any kind of deal <laughs> right now because, uh, yeah, you, you basically go to your dealer if you're looking for a razor right, right now. Right. Right. Yeah. It is your, it is your most, uh, I don't want to say this. It's your best bet at getting something in a in a some, some in a timely fashion. Yeah, and and for information, you know, obviously you've provided a ton, but mm -hmm. there's more out there. And obviously, the visuals of of seeing the different colors, seeing the suspension, seeing all the the work that's gone into that. Where's the best place to find all that? Uh, you know, I'd say the easiest place is just head out to the uh, Polaris website. So you can go to Polaris.com uh, or Razor.Polaris.com. We'll take you straight into the Razor site. Uh, obviously we do make, you know, a lot of other off-road vehicles between our, our Rangers, our generals, our sportsmen's. Um, so, you know, a lot of great info there as well. If you're not sure whether you're, you know, wanting a razor or maybe you're into, into something else, just kind of getting into it. Um, you know, and, and we talked earlier, right. We made on-road, on-road vehicles with Slingshot and Indian. Um, you know, we, we have a boats business, um, you know, snowmobiles are the history of the company that we talked about. So Polaris makes a lot of cool stuff. Um, and for guys like us that live in places that have four seasons, you know, there's kind of something for every season. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%, yeah. 100%. So it's, you know, usually the issue when you run into guys at Polaris that have been there a while is, uh, you know, do you have enough garage space to, you know, keep all your stuff in the off season while you're not using it? I have, uh, found that out, uh, this particular year. 
Yes, I have a, <laughs> a boat parked on one side of the house and the Razor parked on the other side of the house outside. <laughs> yeah. I got to park the car somewhere on the inside. So, yeah, it's a, it's a terrible problem to have. Yeah. Uh, my, my, I think my final question for you, Pat, is, is, is what's, what's next? <laughs> well, you know, uh, it turns out, uh, as I mentioned, I started a long time ago at Polaris, and uh, what's next is uh, never discussed. Yes. So that is uh, day one on the job, sign your non-disclosure agreement that you're only going to talk about things that are public. Um, and things that aren't yet public uh, stay close to the chest. So, yeah, that, that'd be a good way for me to uh, no longer be employed yeah, and no. no longer get to work on I, cool I knew the stuff. answer already to that question. Work with, <laughs> you guys, work with you guys long enough. Well, this is fun. This is exciting. This is, you know, when you get the chance to, you know, not just a new machine, but basically a new platform. And yeah. there's just so much going on. I remember where the XP came out, and it was, it was sort of a similar thing. But this feels bigger than that for a it number is. of reasons yeah. for a number of reasons not just not just the uh the, the power itself but just everything about it i mean it's not like hey this is we launch a new platform with some new wheels and tires and a new color scheme this really is i mean you guys do a new platform it is sort of the ground up and i know you said that before but it, yeah. it truly is yeah i mean it, you know when you think about power strength and control really the the pro r tip to tail is new you know top to bottom front to back um, when you look at the Turbo R, we've you know leveraged some of the design of the Pro R, some of the design of the Pro XP, and and kind of married those together to to bring that vehicle to market. But yeah, it's a heck of a lot of newness, um, you know, that's going to be way different than what people have seen, you know. And it's some stuff that you'll see very visual, like hey, we've got five bolt hubs now uh, that we didn't have in the past. You know, obviously the suspension and the beef there, you'll see that very visual in your face. Um, but you know, new chassis designs, those are harder to see, right, because they're covered by the body. Um, so yeah, it's super exciting. A lot of new stuff coming out here, you know, extremely fun machines to ride, you know, super durable, great strength. And the control is beyond anything we've ever had before to where, you know, you can be ripping down a trail at a decent clip and, and just giggling because you're, you know, you feel like you could just, you know, go even faster and, and be in control. So well, I, I can't wait. I know you've had, had plenty of seat time, but I have not been in the new vehicle yet. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I might just have to head up to uh, to Wyoming this weekend, maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, you could show up. I don't know if we'd uh, be there to house <laughs> Let you, me but. in, Pat. Let me in, man. Come on. Come on. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for coming in and hanging out and talking about uh, all these things. My brain is, is melted by you so i appreciate that yeah well hopefully uh you know you've enjoyed the the chance to chat about the new razor pro r and razor turbo r and uh you know some of the differences we, we obviously haven't touched on everything here but you know enough that uh you can understand that these are pretty exciting machines and i, I felt like we got to talk for for a few more hours if we really wanted to get into it we certainly could yes. yeah yeah it uh i could go on all day talking about uh razor uh you know, kind of any models, but these brand new <laughs> ones are phenomenal. Well, thanks again, Pat, and uh, appreciate you coming in, and uh, I'm excited about this uh, new venture. All right, have a good one. Right. Thanks. So that's it for another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. That was a ton of fun. Be sure to go to any of the places, Spotify and such, to download this episode and any of our previous episodes, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.